know, getting ready for the morning. And she heard an illustration that really talks about how important Hebrews is and the access we have through Jesus. Barbara, why don't you share how that illustration went? A Moabite came into the uh, camp where the Israelites were, and he came up to the entrance of the courtyard to the tabernacle. And he saw a man there, and he asked him, may I go into the courtyard? And the man said, oh, no, that's, that's just for Jews. Only, you have to be a Jew to go in there. Oh, well, I wish I'd been born a Jew. And then he said, what's in that tent? And so the man said, well, when you first go in, it's the, called the holy place, and that's where the priests go to minister to the people and worship God. And the man said, oh, I wish I'd been a Jew so that I could have become a priest. And the man said, well, not any Jew can become a priest. You have to be a Levite. You have to be from the tribe of Levi. Well, then, I wish I'd been born a Jew from the tribe of Levi so I could have become a priest. And then he said, what, el what else is in that tent? And the man said, well, there's a real thick drape that hangs down, and on the other side of that is called the Holy of Holies. And that's where God is. And the man said, oh, I wish I had been born a Jew from the tribe of Levi so I could become a priest and go in there where God is. And the man said, oh, no, not any priest can go in there. You have to be the high priest to be able to go into the Holy of Holies. Oh. Well, then, I wish I'd been born a Jew in the tribe of Levi so that I could have become a priest, so that I could become the high priest and go in there whenever I wanted just to be with God. And the man said, oh, not even the high priest gets to do that. He only gets to go in there once a year. And he has to be really careful what he does, and that he does everything right, or else he dies. Well, the Moabite turned away and walked from there very sadly, and he thought, if only I had access to God whenever I wanted to, even though I'm a Moabite. When Jesus died for our sins, God spoke to us. God spoke to the world around us in a very special way. At the moment that Jesus died, something happened. What is it that happened? The veil was rent, and Lorraine, it was rent from what direction? Top to bottom, bottom to top. It was top to bottom, and that veil was big. We're talking 20, 30 feet high, and it was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And 
what that meant, what that signified, was that because Jesus died for us, that that access that Barbara was talking about, that the Moabite man wished he had, all of a sudden, we had access to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? This morning, every one of us has that access because of what Jesus has done for us. When you look at your sermon notes page, um, in Matthew 27, 51, here's what it says. At that moment, the curtain of the temple, this is the moment that Jesus died on the cross. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Easter Sunday is coming up in a few weeks. I'm going to be preaching on those verses for Easter Sunday. And I've never preached a sermon on those verses before, but those are fascinating because we see that victory that Jesus had over death and the impact, the immediate impact of what Jesus has done for us. And I've always wondered, and I want to share with you the impact of those verses. What if you lived in Jerusalem and a dead person that you knew walked up to you and said, hi, that scared the pants off of me. I mean, I've always wondered about these verses. How did that work? And what was the, the impact in Jerusalem? Do we have any record of that? What did this mean? You see, God speaks in different ways. We're going to talk about that this morning a little bit more. But he spoke very clearly to the people of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas at the time that Jesus died. Easter Sunday... We're going to have another breakfast, just like we did uh, today. And Linda, thank you. Uh, you and Cindy set up the tables yesterday, didn't you? Thank you. And uh, boy, it's fun when we can get together. So plan on that. We'll give you more information. In fact, we'll have a, a sign-up list for food starting next week. And for those of you that brought food this morning, thank you. It was delicious. Book of Hebrews. When we started the book of Hebrews, we, we talked the first week, and this was two weeks ago, about things to look for. And in your bulletin, you're going to find what to read each day if you'd like to read a few verses from Hebrews and, and work through the book together. But there are six things listed here that we talked about our first week. And the first one is this. Hebrews teaches that Jesus is better in every way. Now, Irene, originally it said Hebrew taught the Jewish Christians that things were better. That's what I put the first week. And by things, I was talking about the uh, New Covenant versus the law and different issues. But after talking to you, I like the fact that Jesus is the reason behind all those things. So it's actually better to say that Hebrews teaches that Jesus is better in every way. Number two, 
Hebrews features Jesus on every page. Number three, Hebrews was written to give strength to struggling believers. Now folks, if you're struggling in any way right now, Hebrews is a great book for you. It's a book of encouragement. It's a book to say, hey, don't head in another direction away from Jesus, head toward Jesus, because Jesus is better in every way. Number four, Jesus teaches the real difference between having Christ as Savior and having Christ as our high priest. The difference is this, a high priest or a priest represents us before God. But Jesus as Savior actually takes our place before God. In other words, by dying for my sins, Jesus says, I'm taking your place because you can't do it yourself. And then when God looks at me, he doesn't see the scummy, cruddy John that I think of sometimes. But God looks at me and he sees Jesus, what Jesus has done. And because of that, I hang on tight to Jesus because of what he's done for me. So Jesus is not only our high priest, but he's my savior as well. Hebrews talks about that. <clears throat> Hebrews proves that we can never understand the Old Testament without the New Testament. And that we can never understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. I've had people over my 10 years here at Grace Church. There were times when we would be studying a book of the Old Testament, they'd say, I wish you would spend time in the New Testament because that's where Jesus is. Well, we've been learning together, step by step, that Jesus is on, on every page of the Old Testament as well, and that the plan of salvation began before time began, and that the Old Testament points toward Jesus, and the New Testament points back at Jesus. That's all about Jesus. Number six. Hebrews gives us a telescope to focus on Jesus instead of a microscope to focus on our own weaknesses. I'm so good at seeing what my problems are for the day. And I take out that little microscope and I look and I go, oh man, I've got to do this or I can't do this and, and what are we going to do about this? I don't know what to do. And we all do that. But you know, when we focus on Jesus instead, all of a sudden we get a better picture of where exactly we are and what we should be doing. Hebrews helps us to do that. Now, uh, at the bottom, you're going to see an outline, bottom of the first page of your notes. This actually gives four or five different ways to look at Hebrews. They're all good. The first line talks about the book of Hebrews, chapter 1 to 10, being instruction, and Hebrews 10 to 13 being exhortation. In other words, 1 to 10, here's what you do. 11 to 13, go do it. Okay? And the second line talks about the superior person of Jesus, Hebrews 1 to 4, the superior priest in Christ, Hebrews 4 to 10, the superior life in Christ, 10 to 13. 
and we have the next three lines. So if this helps to give you a handle on Hebrews as you read different verses every day, good, use that outline to understand where you are and what Hebrews is trying to teach you in the given chapters that you work on. Now, you can turn your sermon notes page over. Last week, we started talking about how God speaks. And I was gonna move on to uh, Jesus and the angels this morning, but I decided we need more time on how God speaks. Because all of us are affected by that statement. How does God speak? How does he speak to me today? How did he speak back in scripture? Somebody told me this past week, I don't know what to do when I don't hear God talking to me. It's discouraging because I've had so many times and so many weeks and so many months and sometimes years when I've just wondered what God is saying to me. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, I have too. Did you know that in the space of 30 years, God only spoke to Noah seven times, at least that we know of from scripture. Now, if you were to stretch that out, that would be once every three or four years or so, four years, over four years. And you think of Abraham, 950 years old, how many times did God speak to him? Folks, there are times when we don't hear God in the way that we do at other times. But by his silence, we learn to trust. And we realize that God is really never silent because he's given us his word. So we can be listening to him. So I just want to encourage you that even the great names of the Bible had times where there was space. And God used that space to build their faith, to build their trust in him. Now, here's something I said last week, and I'm not gonna correct it, but I'm gonna amplify it because it needs amplifying. I feel we just started, started the subject of how God speaks last week, and by the way we ended it, it was sort of dead, and we need to bring it to life because our series is about living faith. And if we're gonna have living faith, we need to talk about how God lives in us and speaks to us and speaks through us. So what I said last week was this. God spoke to man personally in the garden, in Genesis 2-3. God will speak to man personally again in heaven. And what I meant by that is that we see that unhindered talking of God with Adam and Eve in the garden. And we're gonna have that unhindered speaking with God again in heaven. But if I just stop there, all of a sudden we go, what happens in the middle? And here's a question that I didn't hear anybody ask this week, but this is a good one. How can this be true? How can God speak to man personally in the garden if God is a spirit? Do you realize that? Somebody asks you, why can't I see God? Well, you say, well, Jesus teaches us that God is a spirit and that we worship him in spirit and in truth. We're not talking about Casper the friendly ghost, we're talking about a spirit, a living spirit that doesn't have any conditions, any limitations 
That's God. How can this be if God is a spirit? And John 1.18 says, no one has seen God. So how did God speak to Adam and Eve personally in the garden? Gotcha, pastor. Well, in the garden, God revealed himself through either the angel of the Lord, this is a fill-in there, or the pre-incarnate Christ. You know how to spell incarnate? It's like in, and then a car, and then mate, whatever. By pre-incarnate, it means Jesus himself, before he became man, the pre-become man form of Jesus. Now, I really believe that in the garden, Adam and Eve spoke to God. But they spoke to God who was there with Jesus representing him. And I really think it was Jesus rather than the angel of the Lord because of the authority with which God spoke to Adam and Eve. We see that same authority that God spoke to Abraham and to Joshua. But it's amazing that throughout the Old Testament, we see Jesus representing God. And when God is seen in the Old Testament, it's usually Jesus. So a better way to say what I said last week was that the unhindered relationship that began in the garden will be unhindered again when Jesus returns. Revelation 1.7 says that when Jesus returns, not only will we see him, but all of our neighbors that don't trust Christ, that say he's a figment of your imagination, they're going to see him too. And they're going to go, whoa, we messed up. They're going to see him. Everybody is. And also, in Revelation 22.4, it says, when we have that special relationship in heaven, we will see God face to face for eternity, together with him. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says this, God speaks to us through Jesus today, and Jesus is our living word. In other words, in the Old Testament, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says that in the old times, God spoke through the prophets, but today he speaks through Jesus. God speaks to us through Jesus today, and Jesus is our living word. John 1, 14. Now, we need to spend more time on what living means, right? I can, I can take, uh, take your Bible and show you the words, but how do those words come alive, and how does God speak to us today? We want to spend some time on that. The words on the pages of Scripture are alive because of Jesus, and God confirms his words and his word to us in different ways today. That goes a little further than what I said last week, that Jesus spoke in the garden, and we'll talk to him again in heaven. What's happening today, and why do we call it the living word? That's what we're talking about. So how does God speak to us today? One, he speaks through his word in general. 1 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed 
inspired. You know that word inspired? Have you said to anybody lately, I feel inspired today? What that means, I'm filled with the Spirit. In spiritus, I'm inspired, filled with the Spirit. God's Word is filled with the Spirit. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's good for instruction and doctrine and reproof. All Scripture. So how does God speak to us directly today? Lee? Lee Throne, where are you? Oh, there he is. Lee, come on up and share with us. Lee's going to give us an example how God has spoken to him through his word. I don't know how many of you have a plan for daily scripture reading. I hope all of you do. One of the things I started many years ago was uh, the fact, or using the fact that the book of Proverbs can be broken up to one chapter a day, each day of the month, um, except for February, that causes problems. But um, you can read a chapter in Proverbs every day. And then Susan and I have a tradition of reading a chapter of the Bible every night before we go to bed. Uh, this week we happen to be in uh, Revelation. In a couple of weeks we're going to be starting back over in Genesis. And we read through the entire Bible that way. But uh, many years ago, the, the book of Proverbs really came in handy to me. I was working for a company that I thought I had a good position in. But some of the people that worked there were a little bit worldly. And um, they, they had put me in a position of responsibility for claiming money from other companies. And they told me at one point to take money from those companies, even though we weren't owed that money, so that we could show it on our bottom line and we could all get a big, big bonus out of it. And one of the things that stood out to me was Proverbs um, 22, verse 1. And that one really helped me a lot because it said, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. And that told me right up front, I knew already that I wasn't supposed to, but that gave me assurance right there when I read it, don't do it. Your name, your reputation, your credibility is worth more than money in the pocket. And um, yes, it ruined my relationship with those people, but it, it gave me peace, and I knew that the Lord was going to bless it, and he did. And uh, ultimately, it was for our good. Uh, God has done that for us too many times over the years. Um, many years ago, Susan and I ran into a verse that said the, the uh, wise person sees trouble coming and hides himself or prepares for it, and the fool just rushes on and gets buried in it. And we understood that the Lord was giving us an opportunity to prepare for some weird things that may be coming down the road for us, and we did. And then it was job loss, unemployment, loss of unemployment, job, job loss, unemployment, loss of unemployment, over and over and over, and it has tapped us down to where we have nothing left. But if we hadn't prepared because God's word had told us to prepare, we would have been destitute years ago. So God has spoken to us 
boldly with everything that we need to know right here, all we have to do is pay attention to it and apply it. Thank you, Lee. <clears throat> Lee is uh, working for AFLAC, right? And uh, so be praying for him. He's building his clientele. Yeah, it does sound like a duck quack, doesn't it, Ron? It, it, maybe that's why they have the ducks, right, in the, in the ads. But to be praying for Lee, he's building up his clientele, and that takes time. So uh, be praying for them as they continue that journey of faith. Any of you had that problem before where you know that who you work for or who you're responsible to wants you to do something, but you know it's wrong? Yeah, I've had that happen. And you say, Lord, what should I do? I have an employer I'm responsible to, but I'm responsible to you. And a good name, like Proverbs says, oh, that's important. I think all of us have gone through that at one time or another. But here was an example where scripture helped Lee to say, here's what I need to do. Well, that's one. God speaks through his word in general. Number two, God speaks through his son, Jesus. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Um, it's interesting how, I don't know, uh, how many of you have been to another country outside of the United States? Would you raise your hand? Okay. And, and what's interesting, when we talk about Jesus, the person of Jesus, God speaking through the person of Jesus, is that I can go to any country in the world and within five minutes have a brother-sister or brother-to-brother relationship with anybody from any country, any culture, any geography, um, if they have that personal relationship with Jesus. Because all of a sudden, we're looking at Jesus. You know Jesus too. I have, um, I have brothers and sisters in India, in Egypt, in Israel, in Greece, France, different places that Barbara and I have been to minister. And all different languages, different cultures, backgrounds. There's so many things we don't understand about each other, but we love Jesus. And that's how God speaks. And he shows me, and he shows them, and he shows us together what God looks like through the person of Jesus. Not only what God looks like, but what he acts like, what he says. We look at the actions of Jesus. We look at the attitude of Jesus. We look at his words, how he treated his disciples. One of the reasons I love Jesus is that his disciples were real flakes at times. They didn't have it all together, but Jesus continued to love them and to help them to grow. And I'm going, if Jesus can do that for the disciples, he can do it for John. He can even do it for Dwayne, right? And Gene, there's hope for us, right? It's just because of Jesus, that person of Jesus. So God speaks through his word. He speaks through his son, Jesus. God also speaks through nature. I really believe that. And take your Bibles, turn to Romans 1.20. Romans 1.20 speaks to that specifically.
For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. That's pretty specific, isn't it? I look at what God's made around me, and there's that sense of God, and it's not only here, it's around the world. People have asked me, well, if God is such a loving God, what about the people in deep, deepest, darkest Africa that don't have a chance to know the word of God like you do? I said, well, the Bible says that everybody has a chance to know God. And that one of the ways he does it is through what he's made. And they see what he's made as well as I do. And that there's no man without excuse. God's fair. He loves the whole world. Remember, God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. So this is one of those things that God speaks to us through his creation. I, I look at a day like today. I don't know, personally, I, I didn't see God speak through the rain yesterday. I'm tired of the rain, right? I'd had enough of that. But I know for some people the rain is wonderful and they're seeing God speak through that in the same way. But today I'm looking at the sunshine going, I want to get out there. I'm even gonna wash the car, you know, things like that. So God speaks and uh, I remember going to Grand Canyon and I just looked at that, I'm going, wow. I've seen pictures, but to be there is a whole other thing. And you know me in heights, I got about 30 feet from the edge and Barbara and Meredith were walking closer. I go, I'll stay right here, okay? And I saw the tourists getting right up to the edge and taking pictures of going, stop, <laughs> don't do that. But you see, God spoke to me. I saw his power. I saw the, the creative ability and the colors and the things that he made. How amazing. Have you heard of Fibonacci's sequence? You know what that is? That is a series of circles and spirals that we see throughout nature. Uh, you know, like a snail shell, it's not exactly round, but there is a curvature like this. You will see this in the plan of trees, how the leaves are shaped in different animal forms. And it's called the Fibonacci sequence. It's an amazing thing where the pattern of God's creativity is seen throughout nature. And that's just one of the ways. But if you hear that word, look it up and explore it a little bit more. It just talks about the wonder of creation. Number four, God speaks to me and God speaks to you through other believers, other people that know Jesus as well. James 3.17, as People talk to me and as their words line up with what the Bible says, God can really confirm truth. Uh, take your Bibles, turn to John 3.17, uh, James But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure, submiss uh, considerate, or loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. 
uh, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. That's not the right verse. Let's go over to, to James 5, James 5.13. Here's another verse. Is anyone of you in trouble? You should pray. Anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Anyone of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. One of the goals of a church, and our church in particular, is for me to get to know you well enough and you to get to know me well enough so that you're able to say what you're really thinking and not just how's the weather. Because when you're able to say what you're really thinking and what you're really feeling, and the problems that we're really facing, then we can pray for each other and encourage each other. And that's how God uses each of us to help us to grow. Mary and Joe, our talk this morning, that was just an example. You know me well enough to know that you can tell me exactly where you are and I can pray for you. And I know you well enough, I can tell you exactly where I am and I can pray for you. So God speaks to us through each other. Now, number five, and folks, this is probably one of my favorites. God speaks to us through music. Have you noticed that? Sometimes in our worship time together, we'll be singing a song, and it could be the words, it could be not only the words, but the sound or the way it comes across, that God gives you a peace, God gives you a joy, God gives you a sense of assurance through a song that you hear. They had a gal come in this past week and said, hey, I've got a great song. Uh, Karen, I sent that email, uh, Thy Will Be Done. And I said, wow, let's listen to that. So I went on my computer and looked up YouTube and played it. And I go, man, what a great song. Um, a lady wrote a song about even though whatever she's going through can really cause an effect in her life, she says, thy will be done. And it was a beautiful song. And I wrote a note to Karen, Karen, we're going to have to sing that sometime, and you'd, you'd do great singing the solo on that. Bill, you drive a truck from here over to Spokane, all over the place, and Bill, when he's driving, he writes music in his head, Right? in his head and in his heart. And I remember going to uh, a men's meeting at our house or something, we had about 10 guys at our house, and Bill said, I just wrote a new song, and he began singing it to all these guys. And I thought, that guy has guts. He didn't have any accompaniment, didn't have any music, and all the guys were going, where do you come from? I was really impressed. But you see, music can speak to us. Would you all be praying for me this week? I know Karen, as she teaches music, and Steve, you've taught music, and different ones of us, we've had an influence on others through the gift of music. But on Tuesday, um, I am accompanying the Malala High School Choir in Estacada for district uh, competition. 
uh, they're singing, I'll be playing, and Barbara will be turning the pages. But see, that's just one way that I get to know the kids and know how to pray for them. They get to know us. I get to work with Tim Friesen from the high school. What a joy. And the song they're singing ministers to my heart. And I believe that's a gift from God. And that we all can share that gift in the music that he's given to us. God speaks through his word, through his son Jesus, through nature and God's creation, through other believers, through music. God can speak to us through circumstances. Have you noticed sometimes where you say, Lord, I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this. Thank you for whatever you show me, because all of a sudden it's fitting together in a way that I know that you want me to do something. And if you try to explain it to somebody else, you might have a hard time. But you know that God is speaking to you. Now, circumstance could be a tricky thing, right? You know, I believe that God told me to buy this lottery ticket and to buy 400 more because I'm going to win the lottery. And somebody else looks at that and goes, yeah, right. Is that God speaking? Really? Prove it. Right? I mean, these are some of the things that people talk about in terms of circumstance. But that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. Irene, why don't you come up and share? God has used one of those examples. Irene has a great one of how God showed her something in her life and uh, just how God spoke in a very specific way. About 1996, my, uh, uh, well, let's go back a little bit further. About 1989, I got my mother um, as my charge in my home. I was her caregiver for six years until she passed away. During that time, my husband retired. He wanted to uh, travel. He loved going, going, going. No matter where it was, he wanted, he wanted to see the other side of the hill. He had seen his sister travel back and forth to the southern states every year as a snowboarder. And he thought that would be really something that we would enjoy. I didn't agree. But at the same time, I couldn't tell him absolutely not. We can't do that. Well, we, I won't say argued about it, but we discussed it at great length. Because what he wanted to do was to sell our home. And of course, this was contingent upon mother's passing. But he wanted to sell our home and move into a fifth wheel on a full-time basis. This wasn't something that I was comfortable with. 
I went to the Lord with it. And I said, Lord, I, I, I can't make up my mind. Should I say yes just because he wants to go? And after all, I am to be submissive. But I, I couldn't get a, a peaceful feeling about it. Finally, as I was doing my Bible reading this particular day, I came across Judges 6.36, where Gideon put a fleece before the Lord to find out exactly what the Lord's will was in his position. So I, I did the very same thing. I asked the Lord to tell me positively with no ifs, ands, or buts exactly what it was he wanted me to do. So I went to my husband and I told him, I said, okay, now I've prayed about this. I said, and I will go. We will sell the house. We will move into the fifth wheel under one condition. The Lord has to bring someone to my front door that wants to buy this house. You cannot advertise it. You cannot list it. You can't put a sign on the front lawn. You have to wait for the Lord to bring someone to us. It took a little while for him to agree but he finally did. He said, okay, we'll do it. We had prayed about it together for quite some time. Well, this went on for about three years and we had had nobody wanting to buy our house and I felt comfortable. But mother passed away about midnight on April the 18th, 1996. By three o'clock, April the 19th in the afternoon, I had a complete stranger at my front door wanting to know if that house was available for sale. I can't think of anything that is more positive, a more positive answer to prayer than that. God does answer. Sometimes it takes three years or more. But the answers are there. And he speaks to us unequivocally. He, he knows what we need and he's willing to provide it when the timing is right. Thank you. Thanks, Irene. And you know, I bet you in each of our lives, you're thinking, oh yeah, I remember the time God did this. Hey, I want to take a minute, and if you have one that you can think of, uh, share it with somebody. Let's stand up, get the wiggles out. If you want to get a cup of coffee, we're going to take about a three-minute break. We'll come back and finish the eight points on how God speaks to us.
Okay, we're going to get going again. And I can't give you too much time because we still have some good stuff to finish. Uh, Gene was just talking about how as a truck driver he had uh, done one thing and uh, decided to not go with another group of trucks and four trucks blew over because of a tornado and it could have been him. These are the kinds of things that can happen. I bet you all of us can sit around for hours talking about how God has protected us or taken care of us in different ways. Uh, Rob and Donna, who were here earlier, almost had a head-on car crash last week, last Sunday coming to church, but God protected them. So God is so good and in taking care of us. Are we all set? Here we go. God uh, speaks through his word, through Jesus, through nature and creation, through other believers, through music, through circumstance. Now remember I put circumstance along with prayer, along with God's word, and trusting God unconditionally. It's not just uh, I see a red bicycle in the window and, and if, you know, something happens, if I'm lucky, well, that's God speaking. Well, there's more to it than that. But God's so good in the uh, various ways that he speaks to us and talks to us. Number seven, God speaks through his Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus said to the disciples, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you a comforter, give you the Holy Spirit so that I will be in you. And all the words I speak, he will speak to you. And all the things I think will be what the Holy Spirit will give to you. And when you speak to me, sometimes you don't know what to say, but the Holy Spirit's going to help you to speak to me so that that'll even help your praying. Have you had times when you were praying to God and all you could say was, Help! And have you had times when, I don't know what to say, but God, I'm angry, or I'm perplexed, I'm struggling, I don't know what to do. Well, that's where the Holy Spirit helps and helps us to speak. That time when after my parents had divorced and um, I was so angry with my dad, I said to the Lord, I was by myself in a car, God, I'm angry and I don't even know for sure why. I can't even figure out all the ways that I'm angry. Would you help me to know where my anger's coming from? God, help me. And over the course of three hours of just praying to God and listening to him, he helped to pinpoint that so that I left that car three hours later and I just felt, thank you, Lord. Have you ever been angry and you don't know why and that's a... That's a hard pressure to take. God can help with that, and he does that through the Holy Spirit speaking in us. Number eight. Oh, by the way, let me ask you this question, and this is an open question. You notice it's a little more interactive today. I'm doing that on purpose because I want to know that you're listening and what you're hearing, and I want to be listening to you as well. Is there anything that God has spoken to you today, so far, in today's message, uh, that the Holy Spirit has said to you? Anybody have anything? 
James. Here, I can't hear you very well, so let me. Um, that God can speak through music and worship. Yeah, and how has he spoken to you through music? Um, one of the songs um, last Wednesday um, had to do with, like, being a child of God and not being a slave of fear. And that, that spoke to me. I'm with you, man. Music really speaks to me in so many ways. And God speaks to me through that. Cool. Anybody else? Jean. Yeah, a couple of things. Um, God speaks to me through uh, not only the beauty of nature, but when we have earthquakes and we have huge fires and we have tsunamis and we have all the things that have been happening. It reminds me of God's word uh, about the future. And it reminds me that his return is close when we see all that's going on. So that's the way of God speaking also. And there was something else I was going to say. What was it? <coughs> oh, um, through other people um, is encouraging. And it's also encouraging to look it up and make sure that it's what God says. It's easy to accept some uh, advice maybe that um, is more pleasing than what God might want you to do. So anyway. So God, God speaks to us through each other, but we really want to make sure that we're, what we're hearing is coming from God's word as well, right? It's sort of a checks and balances there. Bill. Uh, I'm learning to uh, look at all the all these things, how God speaks to us, and and uh, He speaks to me through music and through people, through His Word. Uh, learning more to learn to listen to Him, uh, the Holy Spirit, and. Uh, and when so many days are rainy and we got some sunshine and clouds, the sunlight is really nice. I, I, just the way the sun shines and the clouds, the way that God seems to speak to me through creation, through nature, through his created. And sometimes I, look, I like, find myself looking in the clouds and I look for different shapes in the clouds. And the other day, David and I were uh, going to going south on 213 and the sun was shining through the clouds and it looked like a couple of eyes and a mouth you know the way the sunshine was just <laughs> and then i said david look it up there and then after it just started smiling a little bit uh you know the the change the change in the mouth part of it started turning into a smile <laughs> and so after i met i said david look at that you know it looks like two eyes and a mouth and yeah yeah of course, you got to be driving too, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the eighth way God speaks to us is through prayer. And we can pray by ourselves, but many times God speaks to me when I pray with you. Because as I'm praying with you and as I hear you pray, you know, some people are more comfortable praying out loud and some people aren't. And that's okay. But when you do pray out loud and I hear you talking to God, sometimes God speaks to me and reminds me of something 
that I should pray about as well, or something maybe I should do. Have you noticed you could be praying some time and all of a sudden, oh man, I've got an appointment tomorrow at 11 o'clock, I forgot to write it down. I, I think God speaks to us sometimes as, as we're praying, he'll remind us of things that he wants to remind us of. So that's one of the beauties of, of praying together. Um, in, a, in a minute, I'm going to have Lee come up here, and we're going to uh, have a, a little prayer time. But uh, um, Ben, come on up and share what you just found out. Johnny Hughes was here just a few minutes ago, and she has a prayer request for us. Yeah, it really ties in uh, to uh, God speaking to us through prayer and also uh, uh, God speaking to us uh, through each other. Uh, Johnny came in, and uh, she was uh, on her way from the hospital where, where Alan is uh, currently uh, at the hospital. Uh, I didn't get which hospital, but she was on her way home to just clean up and go back to the hospital, and she wanted to come by and ask if we could offer Alan up in prayer. Uh, he said uh, he has had a stroke. Uh, he's, uh, they say he's recovering nicely, I guess, whatever that means, <laughs> if you've had a stroke. But um, uh, he's been in the hospital for a couple of days, and uh, uh, things are looking up. He's probably uh, should go home in the next day or two if everything continues to improve. So, but uh, she wanted to uh, uh, just offer Alan up in prayer to the congregation and and have us pray for him. Ben, thank you, and uh, that was good timing to have that break so we can get that. Um, let's pray for for Al right now. In fact, Ben, would you lead us? Sure. Heavenly Father, we, we have so many things to be thankful for. I uh, want to thank you for the, uh, uh, the faithfulness of uh, Alan and Johnny, and we uh, offer up uh, Alan uh, in his uh, uh, situation that he's going through right now, and uh, we just offer uh, him up to uh, have you wrap your arms around him and, and just uh, uh, see to his, um, so to his care. Uh, we, uh, we ask for wisdom for the doctors, uh, as we have for a long time for Alan with uh, the uh, situation that uh, just seems to, uh, to mystify the doctors. But uh, Alan is uh, uh, faithful, and uh, we know that uh, you are watching out for him. And we just want to um, ask that you, uh, that you uh, just give him special treatment, if that's possible, Father, to, uh, to just uh, take care of him and, and bring him back and uh, make him healthy again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jim, we're not sure. If somebody hears, would you give me a call or, or we'll put it on the prayer chain when we get a little more information. <clears throat> I really appreciate our Grace um, Growth Group and our Caring Group. Uh, the Caring Leaders are the ones that uh, hopefully gave you a call to remind you about the breakfast this morning. And we just want to keep track of how we can pray for the people in our congregation, keep track of them a little bit better. Um, we have a group with Dwayne and Mary Jo and Ted and Cindy and myself uh, and the elders who are saying, Lord, what, what um, uh, some of the questions we're asking is, why are people coming? Uh, why do people stay? Why do people leave? What's our mission in the community at Grace Church? Things that we're looking at and praying about together. And, and uh, what a great group. But there are things that as a church we want to be praying about together. And so Lee's going to come up in just a second to, to, for our prayer time. But I want to ask you this. What are some of the things we can be praying for 
as far as Grace Church. What is God showing you? Anything in particular that, especially as we head toward Easter, I see that hand. Finances. Yeah, we're, we're hurting for certain, right? And uh, I'm so thankful for all of you that give and give so faithfully. But you know, we're pretty far behind. And um, um, so that's a good one. What else? <laughs> I see two hands there. Yeah, Bill. Well, how do you tell everybody to have more joy? Uh, have more joy. You know, one of the things uh, Don mentioned, we he'd love to see more people coming to Christ, and I would too. And I think that's one thing that brings joy in a congregation too. As you invite people to come to church, like for Easter, and not just to come to church, but let's say, you know, uh, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And if you don't, can I share with you what the Bible says about knowing Jesus? And if you can't remember anything, just remember, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be what? There we go. Right? Um, when we see people coming to Christ, which we need to see more of that, Bill, that's one of the ways that joy comes as well. Right? Transformed lives. Yeah. Um, so uh, finances, uh, more joy, um, uh, Don's prayer for more transformed lives, evangelism. What else? Anything else? Uh, children and youth. Dag nabbit. I love you guys, but we're getting old, okay? You know, generally. And uh, uh, I don't feel old, but hey, we're getting there. Well, uh, be praying for that. This is something God can do, and we can't fix it. But we're in a great place to encourage it and to be a foundation for it, and we got a great place for it. So um, it's not about any gimmick we have, but, oh, Lord, we need a revitalized children and youth ministry to fill in the gaps. Anything else? Brenna. Brenna. The ceiling to stop leaking. You know, that's a smart one. Where, where is the leaking that you've seen? 
Upstairs? Yeah. That's right. And that takes money to fix, or it takes smarts to fill in the holes, but we've got to be careful with that, right? Good point. Well, Lee, come on up and take it to the next level, and, you know, if they have other prayer requests, but as we pray together, let's bring these before the Lord as well, because we're a church family, and our praying together encourages each of us together. Oh, yes. Um, Irene shared a few minutes ago about uh, the circumstance in her life with the uh, four-wheeler and the five-wheeler or whatever, whatever, however many wheels, but the thing that rolls instead of staying in one place. But Irene has written a Bible study on Hebrews that is really good. And I'd like you to read it if you'd like a copy of it because it really helps to, to uh, give a foundation to where we're going. And she's done a great job with that. Anybody like a copy? Here, I'll give you the mic. Go, go ahead. I'll, I'll just pass it. Okay. Well, while he's passing those out, prayer requests specifically. I know, Ted, you've got a prayer request for your family. Let's uh, share with them. This was on the news the other day. Unfortunately, I was busy doing something else, so I didn't see it. But my sister, uh, her ex-husband, who she's been away from for a long time, and she has two kids, a niece and a nephew. They're in their late 20s. But uh, her dad was into drugs really heavy, and on the news the other day, you may have heard that his name is Tom, and he was shot and killed. Uh, and another friend was with him was shot and killed also. So we're thinking it was probably to do with a bad drug deal going wrong. But so they need comforting, they need prayer, I talked to my sister and my nephew and told them I'd be there for them. But, um, and Tom's father, who's, we call him Big Tom, you know, he was all upset too. And I guess they do go to the church in Oregon City. But it was right up here on the Upper Highland Road, Ridge, somewhere in that area. So it wasn't very far away. But we have an idea that he was killed over a drug deal. And so my family needs prayer. Your sister's name again? Sherry. Sherry. Let's pray for her. Our Heavenly Father God, we thank you for the people that do have their faith placed in you. And we thank you that you're going to reach out and comfort Sherry and her family, Big Tom, and everyone else involved there. Lord, we just ask especially that you would bring your grace. It's going to be a hard time for this family. Uh, with two, two children with a father now that's gone and a hard thing for them to reconcile. But Lord, you are the giver of grace and you are the healer of hearts. So we turn them over to you and we just pray that you will move in their lives and, and bring your peace and your comfort and restore joy in their life. And Lord, we just pray that anyone else that's in this situation you will turn their hearts away from whatever it is they're involved with and turn them to you so we know that there are family members also that that we have that are involved in these things and we know the dangers to their life but 
Lord, we trust that you will turn their hearts to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Other people we need to pray for specifically today. Steve, how are you doing? How's your shoulder? Good? Karen, are you alive? Kind of. <laughs> Karen's been sick. You passing it around the rest of the family? No, not yet. Good. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Other people we need to pray for specifically, yes. Uh, another family member. I have a, a niece that's... Um, uh, I. I haven't talked to my sister in a couple of days, but my niece uh, was on life support most of last week. Um, she was uh, she had a reaction to something, and they can't figure out what it is she had the reaction to. So um, the swelling uh, doesn't seem to be going down. Um, she has to have a tube to to breathe because her throat is swollen completely shut. Um, so it's it's pretty serious, and she's not. Uh, responding well to, they have to be very careful about how they medicate or any any procedures they do, because they don't know what what even caused this, and um, so, and my sister who is in ill health, her mother is um, is uh, having, uh, you know, a lot of serious problems of her own, uh, but very very worried about of course her her daughter. So, uh, my sister is Angela. My niece is Jennifer. Heavenly Father, God, we, we pray for Jennifer specifically, Lord. We don't know what the, uh, what the substance is that she's allergic to or what the reaction is being caused by, but, but you do. And we just pray for A, quick healing, but B, also wisdom for the, the doctors that they can figure it out and that they can treat her properly and restore her to health. And we pray specifically for her mom that she will find your peace in the midst of the circumstance. She's concerned. She's stressed. She's worried. Lord, you're the only one that can reach down and bring peace. We can't do it, but you can, for you are the Prince of Peace. So I pray that you will a restore the young lady that's that's in the hospital and heal and bring peace to her mom too. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Others this morning? Anybody else? Uh, my landlord, David. Um, just uh, if you could pray for him. He says he doesn't have time to do stuff and fix things and so um yeah well, let's lift him up heavenly father we we just pray that you will be with david you will help him to find time to to do the things that he needs to do and above all lord we just pray that you will work in his life help him to focus on you instead of on the things that are around him the things of the world that are getting in the way 
And as we focus on you, Lord, we find the, the time that you've given us is more than adequate to do the things that you've told us to do. So we pray that for him, Jesus, in your holy name. Lee, why don't you stay up here? And uh, worship team, why don't you come on up? Um, I'm going to summarize what we've done this morning. We've talked about eight points, uh, ways God speaks. And in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says that God spoke to us in the Old Testament through the prophets and in the New Testament through Jesus. And then you're going, wait a minute. Well, what about these other eight points? Do you realize they all have to do with Jesus? Every single one of them. Jesus is God's word. He's, God speaks through his son, Jesus. Jesus was involved in the making of creation. So when we talk about creation, Jesus was involved with that. Je, uh, God speaks through other believers. As I see Jesus in you, it affects me. God speaks through music, and that's a part of creation. It was created for us and given to us. Jesus was involved with that. Through circumstances, Jesus is involved. Through his spirit, Jesus has given us his spirit. Through prayer, Jesus represents us before the Father. Oh, my goodness. Everything. Hebrews. Everything is better because of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to take our offering now. Lee, why don't you uh, pray?